Hey guys, before I start this recording, I want to say this isn't going to be an episode with the usual crew. This is going to be me uh, GMing a game of Dungeons and Dragons for a bunch of my fellow New York City improvisers, all of whom are going to introduce themselves in the very beginning of the episode. If you like listening to them, I'm going to put a link down below to a lot of their Instagram, uh, Twitters, whatever they have, as well as any shows they might be part of soonish, I guess. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed listening to them as much as I enjoyed GMing them. Anyway, I want to thank the following Patreon listeners. Michael Merwin, John H. Perry, Daniel Andrelick, Jonah Levine, Dr. Gerd Hauser, H.P. Lovecraft Live, Christopher Durback, David Millar, Ernie Carafa, and Rogue's Retreat. Thanks for helping these adventurers in this dimension-hopping adventure. As everyone starts to yell, what the hell is that? You can't see because there's a foot right in front of your face, but that foot eventually moves. And you you look up at the high ceiling as you see a portal appear. The bloody hell, says the half giant. That you? It's looking at you, Tegan. Beats the hell out of me. I've upset quite a few motherfuckers in my day. And as soon as you say that, a massive purple tendril comes out, wraps around you, and sucks you in. Well. And you hear the half giant go like, well, guess she did. Uh, give me another round! And you hear the rest of my go, yeah! And that's what you hear as you leave out. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Fanable Podcast Network, where I play uh, role-playing games with my friends. But this time, it's not the regular crew. It's individuals I know from the improv community. Very funny people who like to go on stage and be funny for people around them. And I somehow convinced them to over Zoom play Dungeons and Dragons, a horrible mistake they will come to regret. But before I introduce them, I think it's best to introduce them one at a time as they also introduce their characters. So who are you as a real person? As what, And then what is, tell me about your character and what is your character currently doing? Well, my name is April Sickler. Um, currently unemployed, looking for work and uh, doing comedy, whatever I can. Been sitting around lately, which has been nice. Um, today I'll be playing a Tabaxi Druid, and I want my name to be Tabasco Droopy Lips. <laughs> Tabasco, because when I was texting about this, I put Tabasco Druid on accident to, instead of Tabaxi, and then also Droopy Lips. Oh no, it's Drooly Lips. Truly, uh, from uh, from well, it's a reference to Stefan from SNL, Julie Lips Jackson, and then uh, so yeah, so Tabasco, Julie Lips. Uh, I got a wildfire spirit. What shape is it in? Oh, I was gonna say bat, a bat, love it. Yep, I um, I you know, I I bounce around my my universe or my my world, I uh. I'm from the plains, but I spend most of my time in the in, in the caves. There's a large cave-like village um, territory that I like to spend my time in. I feel connected to the mountain, and I also, uh, yeah, I just kind of do work here and there as I travel. No real job, just kind of a freelance cat person and climb. I also have some fire hands, so if you need something to uh. You know, be burned. I'm also I got I got cure wounds, so I can 
kind of bit of a healer, but you know, that's not really my main thing. That's part of me. I mean, it's strange though, even though it's not your main thing, it's come up, come up a surprising amount, especially for this particular job where they asked you to take care of some cave mice that have crawled through and actually entered one of the homes. Cave mites, as you know, are throughout this mountain, usually in other areas, but on occasion a migration will come through and basically consume the various stone homes. And there's this infestation that threatens to basically uh, wipe out the home of a family of four. Stereotypical tabaxi work. Wow. They really... <laughs> <laughs> yep. And you is, and they know that you with your fire powers and being a druid can go in there and remove them somewhat safely. They expect some fire damage, but you know, it's better than losing a home. As long as a whole home doesn't get lost. <laughs> yeah. What is the common method for removing a mite, cave mites from a home? Well, you know, I think a lot of tabaxi would eat them, which I do for some, but that's a lot of mice. And I'm, I'm, I am used to, you know, real, what I call real food, which is like prepared. Sometimes a wild side of me wants something a little more natural, I, 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 I like to say, but uh, it's hard to eat all those mice. So, and, you know, I, I used to do it more humanely, but I will I will be honest, there are, is a lot of burning going on. Fire-based mousetraps. Yeah, I mean, not hard to make. <laughs> yeah, and as you're there uh, preparing your spell, basically scorching an entire, quite a few cave mice, you notice that some of the flames on the floor suddenly start to change color from the beautiful fiery red to a almost sickly, almost like neon purple. And they start to swirl around on the ground. The nearby cave mites or mice, I don't know what I said. So we'll say my, mice mites around it. Suddenly, when they, before they were just naturally burning as is right and proper. But when they touch this, <laughs> okay. when they touch this flame, some of them do burn, but they don't seem to be affected by it. And they just rush off burning this purple flame. Others, split apart and the two halves continue crawling away and as you're there staring it forms into a the pool expands into a circle and within the circle is some sort of purplish energy like a waves and then coming out of it is a long purple tendril that quickly wraps around you and sucks you in Who's next? Hi, so I'm Sam Kamenitz. Uh, I'm the producer slash dungeon master for Improvised Dungeons and Dragons. That is actually the tie that binds us all as players. Uh, uh, everyone here is on the cast. And yeah, so uh, I do improv. Been doing it since 2015. Do stuff at the People's Improv Theater of New York City. Not much sure what else to add as me as a regular real human being but uh uh tonight i'm playing rigby sullivan uh hang on let me uh get some juice on that voice rigby sullivan pitmaster i am a furball warlock and i serve my my patrons in my uh barbecue pit restaurant i don't accept the normal clientele it's mostly uh, uh the demonic sort uh the devilish sort uh, and I accept payment in terms of more power for myself. And the little uh, sweet special uh, 
sauce that makes the demons go mm, 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 scrumptious for my burnt ends, my pulled pork, uh, is <laughs> that uh, I, as a furball, I can speak to animals. And I like to uh, tell them exactly how I'm going to prepare them to uh, get them those missiles nice and tense, just so meaty with the fear and all, all sorts of uh, biochemical reactions happening that just make that that uh, scared meat so much more succulent and better. And on this particular day, I'm, uh, I've am i got myself a little woodland critter uh, cornered in my kitchen and I'm uh, swinging my great club meat meat hammer and i'm saying oh don't you worry you have a higher purpose in life today uh you see most of your little woodland kin they uh they just go around make more little squirrels and that's important that's important but you know what's even more important is uh turn you into some succulent little uh morsel to be put on a uh a kaiser roll (laughs) and the squirrel looks absolutely terrified i mean it looks confused at the term Kaiser roll, unfamiliar with it, but it guesses your intention. Yeah, and then you hear from the back, from the rest, you're in the kitchen, but in, in the restaurant, you hear from one of your best uh, customers, uh, Lord Gluttonous, who's actually sitting in the back, uh, who, who you know is a massive green uh, demon, like a massive beer belly and a massive maw, and that's actually his entire body. And he's just there like, how long until I get that squirrel? Oh, just a, uh, if you want a nice and slow cook tenderized like you like it, it's going to be a couple hours, but don't you worry. I got some, you some potato salad and mac and cheese. Oh, you know how to tide me over, buddy. You know how to tide me over. If you ever go to the other side, look for gluttonous. I'll make sure to torture you just a little bit. <laughs> oh, that means a lot coming from you. Oh. You hear from his gullet. Help me. <laughs> Sorry, something right there. Uh, mm, ah. Anyway, hey, what the hell is that? And you see a purple glow coming from the restaurant. Oh, sorry, we don't take walk-ins. Reservations only. Who did? And you hear from the back. Who dares stand before the great Lord? No, no, no. All right, looks like another customer's dispute. And I pull my uh, fire extinguisher hole- filled with holy water off the wall and get ready to blast them. Yeah, you go back to you go back to the main area and you see what looks like the remains of Lord Gluttonous, which is, as you probably guessed, by the way, uh, all over the room, as if he blew up, is skin, some bits of mouth, and fat. Like lard levels of massive lard basically coating the entire portion of that front area it would take you it'll take you forever to clean this up uh rigby uh t- swipes a finger uh <laughs> tasted mm, not, not bad i mean demon fear is some nice fear you gotta say like this if you scoop this up honestly this might be like a get you some nice powers from a, pa- a couple of your patrons you think Mordecai, get those spare jars. We're going to scoop this all up. You got it, boss. And you see a little imp getting, a tiny imp getting a massive jar just scraping along. But now that you're less, no longer distracted, you also see the source of your former patron's uh, fear. You look up and you see a portal that is now surrounded by a circle of lard. And inside is the purple energy with waves coming in. Well, that's going to be uh, 
expensive repair. And as soon as you say that, tentacle, and into the port. And you hear your Mordecai going like, look, look as you go into the portal. Look around the restaurant. He drops the he drops the jar. He goes into the kitchen and comes out with a chef's hat. Mordecai! <laughs> and you see, and you you don't see it, but you feel him give you a middle finger. Oh. <laughs> Insubordination. Who is next? Uh, hello, I am PJ Nally. Um, like Sam said, part of the improvised D&D crew. Uh, I do lots of uh, improv uh, six, seven days a week. Uh, I am on a musical improv team with Maria called Hell Yeah. Uh, we perform once a month at the pit. Uh, we love being musical, making big fun stories. Um, and I just love doing this sort of stuff all the time. Uh, and I am excited uh, to be doing this podcast and going on this adventure with y'all. My character is called uh, Slip and Sly. So Slip and Sly likes hanging out in the forest and just being cool and creative and staying in the shadows until what's that? A plump hen has just been cooked. Well, slip inside is going to slide on over under your breath and just, and he's got it. And slip inside then just goes back and is cool. And you hear a saxophone play while <laughs> slip inside is enjoying another fine meal. <laughs> and you, of course, the saxophone is playing because you go back to your camp where you're where your uh, your buddy Smooth Jackson is, of course, playing his magical <laughs> saxophone. Slip and slide. Did you get another hen for us to consume? Oh, you better believe this chicken is finger licking. I just went and sloobity doobity, sloobity doobity wobbity wobbity pop pop body bobbity. Slip and slide. Slip you know, pop, 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 which is your, of oh, course, no. your people's language, the musical language yes. of your continent. Bippity bop, yes, bitty boppity boo. We've got this in the bag, but it's been a bit of a rumor, a duma rumor. Ah, uh, no, a rumor, duma duma, a duma duma rumor rumor. That perhaps, no. that perhaps, that perhaps, the popo are onto us. The five o, the five o, and the six o. The piggly wiggly, the oh, six o. Don't scare me like that. Everyone's scared of the piggly wiggly. If they show up, we're done for. Thankfully, they, they like the bigger fish. Dumb. We're too small for them, at least for now. At least for now. I mean, can you imagine us stealing deer? Mm. That's the big score. Mm. That's the big score. Why? What mm. if we just stole a? What if we just stole a whole, a whole tree full of birds? Oh my God! You dream big, slip and slide. You dream big, but we should first move before. And you hear, whoa, whoa, what the hell is that? And you look at your campfire, which you've already placed your uh, your hand to basically heat it up a little bit. It's been cold because you were traveling with it for so long. And you see that the campfire almost goes into it within itself. And before where there was a campfire, there is now just a portal. The pieces of hand now circling the portal and wave of purple energy within. What the day boppity boppity happened to my Hannity? Boy, I don't know, but we ought to scamity that Hannity. What if we stole a little Hannity and took it in our little pocket? You didn't steal from a wizard, Batman Jamma, did you? 
Why I stole the wizard's little pocket of Trixie's. You never steal from a wizard, Mama Jamma. You know the rules. They can do the hookity pokity pockety pockety. The hookity pokity. I could. I can sniggity biggity bowing under the sniggity boogity. Well, why don't you? And then as soon as as soon as Smoothie Jackson's about to say something, a giant tendril, a tentacle comes out and whips around you, and sucks you in, and the oh. portal closes, <laughs> and you see Smooth Jackson's like. Slip and slide. No. No. And he takes out his sax. No. And you hear his mournful saxophone playing as you disappear into the darkness. Who's next after that ridiculous? <laughs> I'll go. Um, my name is Maria. I do a lot of improv. Um, also six, seven nights a week. Um, between the pit and the magnet, I'm covered almost every day. Uh, PJ and I are on a musical improv team called Hell Yeah, and we've really been enjoying doing musical improv. My character is uh, Captain Beak, the swashbuckling seagull, and uh, Captain Beak lives on a houseboat uh, with a nest in the little watch quarters above right underneath the flag. Uh, someday she hopes to have her own boat where she can navigate the seven seas because she feels most at home when she's out at sea exploring. Uh, her main goal in life is to conquer the Kraken and find the Kraken's treasure. Every time she sees something shiny, she, um, I always have to go, I can't help but take it. I, uh, I, have kind of loose fingers when it comes to seeing change or coins or jewels or anything of the sort. And because of that habit of yours, you made what some would call a horrible, horrible mistake. Because once when you were invited on the ship of the famous parrot captain, Captain Talon, you stole a coin, just one gold coin. Obviously, obviously she wouldn't miss it. Never thought she would miss it, no. What you didn't take into account that this gold coin had some value to Captain Talon. You're not exactly sure, but you're assuming it's some sort of magical coin. You haven't, you're not a magic, you are a magic person somewhat, but not, this is above your skill. This is above my pay grade or anything I know. Yeah. And it is because of that stealing that you see, although you tried to run it at first, but you're just in a houseboat. She has a full-on pirate ship with the <sighs> famous beak black flag above. And it's right next to you. And you see all of, all of her guns aim your direction. And you hear, give me the coin now. And I'll promise your death will be quick. Just one <laughs> shot from my cannon to rip off your head. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I took it. I'm sorry I have loose fingers, but I won't give it back now that I know it means something to you. Oh. I don't want a quick death around here. We're going to battle it out. <laughs> you aim to a challenge. Captain Talon to a duel. <laughs> you think you can take me, Madam Talon? Give me a persuasion check. Roll a d20, add your persuasion modifier. Oh, I got a 19. Ooh. And then my persuasion. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And you at first 
you see Captain uh, Talon's face. She's not interested at all in having a battle. She just wants her coin back. But then you hear behind you her crew of various bird peoples going, fort, 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 fort. My persuasion is plus three, so Jesus 22. Christ. <laughs> and you hear, you you hear, you hear from everywhere. It's like, she's challenging the captain. She's challenging the captain. She's challenging the captain. She's challenging the captain. That's yes, right. she is. Mine, 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 mine. Just, just all these birds just yelling. And you see Captain Talon going around and knows, knows for a fact she will lose face if she does not challenge you. Fine. I'm challenging the captain. I have, uh, with a rapier in my hand, I would like to challenge the captain to a duel and keep the magic coin. Fine. And she unfurls her massive red wings, steps on the gangplank, and jumps down, getting ready to lay you in twain with her magic sword. And as she slowly starts to jump down, something quickly, quick happens. It's like time slows. And the water below you is a beautiful blue. But a section of it seems, a circular section, becomes a sickly purple. And suddenly a tentacle rises up. And you hear from on the other pirate ship, The Kraken! The Kraken! The Kraken! Mine, 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 mine. All over. And the tentacle goes up, slices your ship in twain. And wraps around you and sucks you in. And you hear, you see Captain Kevin's like, No, no! And splashes into the water. And you hear, uh, as the portal closes, you hear the rage of Captain Talon denied. Oh. Who's next? Oh, sorry. There's only one person. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I uh, volunteer Tegan to go next. <laughs> oh my god, Sam, you would. Uh, that's just like you. I'm such a bully. Oh my god. Um, hello, my name is Tegan Clark. Um, I am a New York City improviser on the cast of Improvised D&D, playing exclusively in locations in New York City on a bi-monthly basis. That's not true. I, I don't think I think it's bi-monthly. Um, <laughs> Go to our Instagram for dates of shows. <laughs> um, I am also a Twitch streamer uh, at Shakespeare Jones, and I play probably way too much Dungeons and Dragons uh, in my free time. It is a, a great hobby of mine. <laughs> um, my, that's the real person. The fake person uh, today is Quinnis Stormwind. Quinnis, uh, we come to him here and he's a, in a bit of a bar brawl, you see. You come upon Quinnis, he's a bit of a halfling. Uh, he's got these scraggly, like, uh, sideburns, and his hair's a bit of a mess. And he's kind of dodging blows, dodging swords. And he kind of takes a moment, slams his fist down on the, the bar tap, grabs a shot, shoots it back, turns around with his fists up, says, All right, you tall fuckers. You better come get it while you still can. And as soon as you say that, the biggest of the tall fuckers stomps forward, a massive half giant, his head almost touching the roof of this pretty high ceilinged uh, tavern, looks down upon you. Little one, you know how to cause trouble, but I'm going <laughs> to show you you don't know how to finish it. You'll be surprised, mate. Bartender, another for when this is done. Yep. I'll give you one attack roll, Tegan. 
try to punch this half giant in the face. Great. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, 11. You go up for the blow. By the way, this this uh, massive giant is wearing like just some thickly built uh, studded leather armor. And you go in for the punch. And in slow motion as this tiny halfling jumps from the jumps from the floor to a table to another table off a off a pillar. And then and this is the usually the moment where like. Like if it was an animation, like this was like if you're watching box market, it goes like Rawr! doesn't happen in this case. It's more like the fist just stops as soon as it hits the face. Oh, oh, oh. And there is like you don't you think the universe has comedic timing because you are frozen in place for at least a second without gravity affecting you. If this the guys are going like that's funny, and then you fall to the ground, drunk, looking up as the half giant raises a foot. And is about to be ready to stomp down on your head. But then stops. As everyone starts to yell, what the hell is that? You can't see because there's a foot right in front of your face. But that foot eventually moves. And you you look up at the high ceiling. As you see a portal appear. The bloody hell, says the half giant. That you? It's looking at you. Tegan? Beats the hell out of me. I've upset quite a few motherfuckers in my day. And as soon as you say that, a massive purple tendril comes out, wraps around you, and sucks you in. Well. And you hear the half-giant go like, well, guess she did. Uh, give me another round! And you hear the rest of my go, yeah! And that's what you hear as you leave out. You all passed through this portal, but it's not, it is not a smooth transition. It's not like a wormhole where you go from one end to another. It feels like you go through another plane entirely, pulled by this tentacle. You go to what feels almost like water or thick water or jelly per- with this, all of it with this strange purple light around you. You try to breathe, but you can. It's like this liquid is entering your body as soon as you open your mouth, through your nose, through your ears. And as you slide through for what feels like 30 seconds, you feel like you're about to drown. You're plopped down to what feels like a feeling like a stone floor around you. Each of you is darkness. You open your mouth to say something, but purple goo comes out instead as it expels from your body. As soon as it hits the ground, it starts to evaporate immediately. And as you look, as you take a moment to collect yourselves, you notice a purple light suddenly starts to appear showing what is in this particular place you like I mentioned felt but now know are in some sort of strange stone that's you. all of them big enough to hold maybe one person because you're on one and you, you look around you see other similar ones and you look and you definitely see some of them close enough you see other people on those other ones and these stones, you first thought maybe they're free floating in the air because they seem to be moving. Are you on water or is it like on the air? What's happening? But you realize what's holding them up is that where the purple glow is coming from. These thick, massive tentacles wrapped around these stones. And at the end of each of these tentacles is one massive eye staring down at you. And all of you seeing this hear a, a 
big booming him hum of someone going of a satisfied hmm. You turn towards the noise and see a massive entity. Its head about you can't even guess. It seems to the geometry of it seems to change, but it is massive, maybe the size of like a large building and at least three, four stories tall, maybe twice as wide. And actually, I have a picture of it. By the way, listeners, what I'm using is uh, images from a Patreon. His name is not, not actually uh, from a guy who makes maps online. Let me get, what was his name again? Sorry. There we go. Uh, Zipeku. I'll put a post a link on the, on the chat if you want to check it out. He makes some great maps. But all of you see this entity before you. I'm going to actually give you a picture. One second. And you see this entity. Look at all of you. Rigby, you've seen plenty of demonic entities on your world. And they can range in power. This thing, whatever it is, you can sense, probably because of your time with creatures of the Infernal Plane, this is on the top tier when it comes to power. Perhaps, and you would never say this to your patrons, perhaps even stronger than the strongest of the demons you know of. And as it looks at all of you, you hear it go, Yes, you will do. And you see the eyes at each of those stock stalks start to glow. Sickly purple energy. And shoot each and every one of you. And you feel yourself being pulled away someplace else. Actually, Rigby, because you, you are a warlock, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you this. As you're being pulled away, you know that the entity is no longer paying attention. You are beneath its notice. I mean, you were beneath its notice before, but now you're definitely beneath its notice. It had took what it wanted from you and just dropped you off to wherever it wants to take you. But because it's not noticing, and because of nature that you are in fact a warlike, that you can, you gain power from otherworldly entities. You know, first off, this thing is not demonic. It is something else entirely. But you can still have a sense of its power of the threads of magic it would use to offer things to people. You see one of those threads, not given, but more like casually thrown aside, unnoticed. Do you grasp it? Uh, well, I'm always looking for ways to uh, pull strings that uh, enhance my barbecue pit mastery. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll twirl my little... Uh, Warlock mind around this uh, strand of magic and see what happens when I tug. Mm -hmm. You touch it and you attempt to tug, but you don't because it sort of tugs you instead a little bit. Like I said, you felt the presence of you felt the presence of your demonic masters, and it's evil and dark because you know demon, but it's still understandable. Because demons are, at least on your world, demons are formed from negative uh, mortal emotions. This thing 
is something else that you can't understand. And as soon as you twirl your finger around, it's like the bit of energy enters into your finger and you feel it slide through your arm like it's like a burrowing worm straight to your brain. And you're in pain for a brief eternal second. I say that because it's probably only a second, but it feels like an eternity. And is the most indescribable pain you have ever felt in your entire life. I need you to give me a constitution save. This ain't my first rodeo. Mm -hmm. Constitution. Yep. Uh, plus one. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a 10. You pass out. Thankfully, you don't feel bad enough that you'd also throw up. So that's that's a plus. But you are out. The rest of you. Close your eyes and open them. And you f see yourself in a what looks like a wooded area, a forest. Uh, you're on some sort of dirt and grass. There's a couple of trees around you. And you see each other for the first time. Four of you awake, one of you very, very unconscious. <sighs> oh, I'm going to be late for work in the morning. I, I never slipped that far before. That yeah, wasn't jazz. Nice. That was something rougher. Arr, this has put me further than I can fly. I've never been surrounded by so many trees so far from water before. None of you mates know what's going on, it seems. Maybe it's this one's fault, pointing at the unconscious. Yeah, maybe he knows something. I don't know. He's got that barbecue sauce around his lips, and that just doesn't strike me as trustworthy. Hmm. Huh. It is kind of sloppy. I continue to be unconscious. <laughs> it seems like he's continuing to be unconscious. Where are you lot from? Uh, maybe if we start walking, we can get packed to back to town. But we can't just leave this unconscious person here. I, I, I think we should carry him with us. Well, I think that's your prerogative, ma'am. Well, uh, I can't do it alone. I'm going to need some help. Well, maybe if we check his pocket pockets first and maybe uh, slip and slide into his little money pouch, then we could just uh, slide on off. Oh, yes. How could I forget? That's something I could never say no to. Uh in the little coin pouch. You don't find any coins. You just find various packets of sauces. <laughs> There's a chicken sauce. I could use that on the hens, I steal. <laughs> well, well, hens? Well, Rigby, as as you start to wake up as you feel them pouch, go into your pouches. Oh, uh -oh. this sauce is pretty good, I gotta say. Well, well, well thank you, uh, bird person. Ah. Uh, Made them myself. That's a little mop sauce that I use for the woodland critters. Oh, he he's awake, everyone. He's awake. Do you know what we're doing here? Oh, yeah. There was some sort of uh, undescribable planner entity that has some sort of unknown plan for, well, I suppose all of us. Oh, uh, my God. You all see that purpley fella? Yes. Yes. With yeah. the with the deep voice. Yes. Well, I didn't hear no voice myself. I heard, I heard a voice. I heard the voice. 
What did the voice say? It said, you'll do. Oh, well, that's a little insulting. I like to think of a myself as the cream of the crop when it comes to barbecuing and serving my looks around at strangers patrons well he took us for a reason so we ought to maybe get to know each other i should say they because we don't quite know what kind of creature this is i think maybe we all have something in common see like I come from the woods, just like these woods, and I like taking things, maybe sometimes from wizards or passers-by. And I like just mm, sitting on a moonlit night and thinking about stars. Well, uh, I too have um, sticky fingers, if you will. Um, I personally find myself most comfortable sitting by the sea, and uh, also staring at the stars. In a particular parlance, I too have sticky fingers, although not necessarily in the uh, relieving others of their possessions, so much that it's filled with various barbecue seasonings and uh, uh, the, the uh, blood of uh, those creatures that are turned into succulent meats. I myself don't love looking at the stars. I, um... I used to have quite sticky fingers when I would steal, but now I make my living healing and uh, clearing out varmin. That's actually what I was doing last before I got here. Um, I don't know. Yeah, what was everyone doing before they before we got here? Before, before we got there, where we were, now we're here. I was uh, in the middle of a battle for a golden coin that I had stolen, and then I was taken. I was uh, doing my sweet talking to a little squirrel, just preparing it to be nice and frightened. And I was going to cook it. I just don't go frightening woodland critters for nothing. No, it's true. Woodland critters taste better when they're calm before they die. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like strangers don't usually take my side on this one. Was not he saying he was making them scared before he cooks them? Now you gotta calm them down. Make them go all nice and easy. Maybe play a soft Kenny G tune. Oh, you see, but I feel like that removes some of the game meat uh, elements from the from the meat. Quinnis is just going to take out a uh, flask and <laughs> just like take several chugs back, put it back on. Slip inside rolls to taste the dirt and investigate if this place is real. You taste the dirt. It tastes like dirt. Mm. How's that dirt taste? Like dirt. Hmm. I wish there was a word that meant like dirt, but I don't know it. I don't know what you all are on about. Um, Quite an odd crew we've got, uh, but I suggest we start walking, see if we can't find the nearest town and figure it out from there. Suppose. I just don't want to walk deeper into these woods. Is there anybody here that's very good at directions? I'm going to be honest, I'm quite inebriated. And I'd like to stay that way if you don't mind. So let's uh, find a tavern, get a drink, figure it out from there. I'll allow a survival or nature check, whoever wants to roll it. I vote this uh, nature-looking person. Who? Mm -hmm. Which one? That's you, bub. 
All right. Got this. Nature survival, whichever one is higher for you. Okay, so nature survival. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say survival. Nature, I got zero. Survival, I got plus five. That's probably a good choice. So four plus five. So nine. Nine? Uh, you find a way eventually. It honestly takes you a couple of hours to find the right path. But you eventually find that there is a path you eventually find. It takes you a while. You go a couple of wrong directions because honestly, this forest looks all the same. You don't you don't do outside forest. You do the natural indoor forest of your home world. So this is just all new to you. But eventually, you do find a path. Found, it looks like several footsteps heading in a direction. Well, as a good direction as any. Suppose so. Let's follow it. Hell yeah. Hey guys, this is Dan, the aka the bad boy of Fandible. I'm here to uh, ask you guys for money, basically. We're, we're here uh, because we're doing this out of love. We're doing this. We've got shows. If you liked what you just heard, we probably have more just like it. If you didn't like what you just heard, we have way more that's not like it. We have so much stuff, and we've given it all out to you because we love you. We love you. We do it out of love. But guess what? Love don't pay the bills. If you go to patreon.com slash fandible and you donate a little sum-sum for us, we might just have a little sum-sum for you. If you can't, that's fine, because, did I mention, we love you. And you can go to Twitter, find Fandible there. You can go to Facebook, search for Fandible there. Listen, just search for Fandible. Whatever pops up, it's probably ours, and you should probably subscribe, like, link, share, etc. Do it, because we love you.